If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five... Four, three, two, one. Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is my great pleasure to be with you on a Redemption Thursday. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Director Matthew in the producer's chair. Tom, you'll see when they bring him up here in a moment, is in a New York prison. You'll see it's a, but he's able to broadcast. It's a dicey deal where Tom's at, but he is, he's the, there. Look at that prison. Tough times for Tom. He's in. <laughs> oh, the, the things I shouldn't have done yesterday. Uh, there it is. What have I done? Locked up, but yeah. dedicated to the show. That's well, it is Redemption <laughs> Thursday. You don't want to miss. Yeah. Proud I'm inmate number 1374510. Come if, find me. If I were home and on my Zoom popped up a call from a state penitentiary, and that was you just sitting there waiting for me to answer, I'd be like, that that makes sense. Look at him. He is clearly in a prison. <laughs> Thankfully, I could I could clear the issue up. It's the 11th floor of the building I'm in, and you'll see as the brightness adjusts. Yeah, there it is. Real buildings, real buildings. All right, it just looked yeah. like you All were right. in Attica. Yeah. Oh boy, on Twitter it's at Jay Cameron Show. It was a very popular segment yesterday. I noted uh, some of the um, metrics there uh, where where I uh, commented on the NIL and the debacle. Uh, that Florida has found themselves in and the uh, numerous articles highlighting 
the embarrassment that Florida finds themselves in. That, not surprising, made for good, quote-unquote, off-season fodder, Tom. People were ready to, to watch that video. But I thought, I thought it was informative, too, and it was fun to do and, and interesting to talk about because it's an ever-changing place, uh, space, if you will, and, and so we're learning more about it all the time. I did an interview today. And I'll get this out there because this is always fun. I love to find out the perceptions of Florida State from others that aren't necessarily Knowles, but people either covering the game of college football, experts, analysts, you name it, fans, uh, and or also, um, you know, uh, fans of rival teams. I, I always find this interesting to see where where they perceive Florida State to be at as opposed to the fan base and us who cover it. Uh, and, and so I was on uh, – with Chuck Oliver today, and he said uh, he said basically, you know, that Mike Norvell is a portal god, according to his Gator neighbor. And his Gator neighbor said, well, he's just a one-trick pony, and uh, all he can do is recruit the portal. And uh, the response was, well, you know, Mark McGuire didn't do a lot as a baseball player, but his trick was to hit 487-foot bombs, 70 of them. It's a good trick. It's a hell of a trick. If that's the one trick you got, you'll be employed for a long time. And I think it's true of uh, Norvell for right now. It's like, well, that's a really good trick. I mean, if if you get everybody, every single player you want in the portal says, yes, it's a good trick. You're doing better than most. By the way, the thing that will make you a better high school recruiter is what? Winning games. He won 10 of them a year ago, in large part because of his ability to recruit the portal. Now that he's got 10 wins, if he backs it up, they'll get yeses from high school kids to go along with all those portal successes. Just hang in there. It all ties together. Besides, the landscape is completely changing all the time. And we're learning as we go that it is possible. Plug, play, survive, advance, get better, improve high school. All of it can come together. It's a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. But I thought that was interesting, the perception that uh, people are tired of Mike winning in the portal. Good. Get angry. I want irrational hatred thrown back our way. I've wanted this for a long time. I got a lot of angry gators yesterday in my inbox. Who the hell are you? You don't know anything about our collective, son of a bitch. I'm like, yeah, feel that. Come on. Come on with it. Go ahead and hate us. Because when you're hated, and I'm reminded of this, it's been a long time, when you're hated for irrational things and or somebody elevates the level of their distress over an issue, quote-unquote an issue, that they are then telling you in the text is a non-issue, <laughs> you win. I mean, come on. <laughs> Just made the fool of themselves and spent 15 minutes at 1 o'clock in the morning responding to a clip they saw on YouTube. How great is that? Keep them coming. Come on, baby. Let's go. So it was a good day. It I was didn't realize day. you were up in the comments on YouTube. So uh, you you enjoyed ref, you know looking at, because if you type in and make sure that Florida is in the title, their fans do see it. So uh, as I was putting that together yesterday, I was kind of snickering, thinking, all right, going to make sure this is tagged to the Florida Gators football account. That's this funny. This would be great. That's funny. No, I did not look at the comments. I got emails okay. based on uh, the video and uh, – I, I laughed about that. I thought, oh, well, that's good. Uh, I figured you'd target and chide and poke 
and uh, and have fun with that one. It was an easy one, but it's also informative. I mean, if they really wanted to listen, they would have just nodded their head and said, he's right as usual. Damn it. I want to hate him, and I do hate him, but he's not wrong on this one. He nailed it. And uh, and that, that's the way it works. That's, uh, that's the way it works. So that's we'll see from here. We are efforting, guys. The offseason gets to be interesting. Maybe sometime in February, Tom. I know we're working on it right now. I don't want to uh curse the the potential of this but i don't think it's going to be i think it'll be a fun conversation conversations uh with the coaching staff we're going to try to lay out here over the weeks and months to come we'll have a good time with it uh i want to talk to mike norvell it's been a it would it'll be a fun conversation in in many ways i think this year's acc kickoff fast forward to what july um i, I think it's going to be a lot of fun because last year the conversations were about the potential to be good and the, the, the importance of having a better season, the pressure that comes with not having one, regardless of the reasons, and, and those kinds of conversations. This year, Florida State shifts to being one of the hunted. And the vast majority of people watching college football, regardless of their personal feelings about uh, FSU, would acknowledge that Florida, Florida State took huge steps forward this past year and that they are the biggest threat in the ACC to be the new champion. Uh, if somebody's going to unseat Clemson, it's going to be Florida State in the eyes of most college football viewers, analysts, fans, and the like. And uh, and so you are in some ways going to be hunted. You'll have a ranking right next to your name for that first game against LSU. It will be a lofty ranking at that, which speaks to expectations. And the weight of those expectations will be handled how? We don't know. We'll see. I think this is the group that will handle them well, that will embrace it, that are excited about it because it's the payoff for the hard work already done with more work to do. And that's the key is not resting on your laurels, but rather understanding that that was one step of many that you're trying to take towards winning a national championship. It's not enough now to be talking about we're better, we're good, Let's hope we can win the ACC. I think that you want to be taking steps towards, yes, obviously winning the ACC, but if you win the ACC, you're likely going to the college football playoff. You can have a loss if you were to lose to LSU, if you were to lose on the road to Clemson. Remember, next year is the year there are no divisions. Reminder for all, you can lose that game and turn right around and still play them if you're the highest-ranked team in the ACC. And I think that, uh, in fact, that may very well happen. I'm not assuming a loss on the road at Clemson. I'm saying it's it's entirely possible, and that if it were to happen, well, hell, even if you win it, there's a chance you're going to play them again. Either way, you look around the rest of the ACC, who's that other team that is going to be in a better position than either Florida State or Clemson? Hard to find one. Hard to find one. Don't think people are falling all over themselves to pick North Carolina and, and, and Miami anymore, right? Maybe North Carolina, maybe. They still got to get a stop every once in a while, so we shall see. It would be fun. It's going to be a fun season. This offseason, we'll try to talk to Mike. We'll talk to Alex Atkins. We'll try to talk to Adam Fuller. we got a lot to catch up on. I know we're efforting to do that. So sometimes it's good for me to come in here and give you the lay of the land, where we're at, what we're trying to do. Right now, if you go over to warchant.com, you can see the interviews and in the, uh, the, all the newcomers that uh, that are here. Aswan posted a few hours ago. Uh, story there. You have Ira's story about uh, Keziah Holmes, who Tom, a lot of times we sort of leave uh, off that list of running backs when we begin talking about who's what and how deep that group is. Patrick Sertain became official. Uh, We already had a long conversation about Patrick Sertain uh, and how happy I am that he was hired and that that replacement has been made. 
Uh, that will only add to expectations of competence and excellence. So um, this is it's, it's a good time right now. Head on over there if you've not seen those interviews, read those stories, warchant.com. Whew. Yeah, the thing I'd say after all that promoing, and that is so well done. You know what? You should really, folks, give this video a like right underneath <laughs> it because of all those promos. Yeah. But the thing I like about the way the season ended was that you kind of got to see a sneak preview of what Florida State's going to experience in the 2023 season, which is you're not going to get the chance to sneak up on anybody. You had two teams that are basically 500 football teams. They both ended up under 500 for the season in Florida and Oklahoma going toe-to-toe with you in the trenches and hitting you in the mouth, and you had to respond to that in both of those games. Well, you're going to see that from better football teams next season. You're going to see it from LSU right out the gate. High stakes for them as well. Yeah. You're going to see it against Clemson. You're going to see it on the road at Pitt. Maybe the, you know, we in, in the Jimbo days, we called it the Jimbo special. We never liked it, but there was a talent disparity between Florida State and its opponent, and somehow it's a close game in the fourth. We're arriving to a place now where most games that Florida State plays, there will be a talent disparity, and we're the more talented team. It's been eons since that's been the case, but you're you're gonna be somebody's season. You're gonna be most everybody's season. When you play them. So I'm glad that they got humbled a little bit in victory against Florida and Oklahoma because that lesson and that tape will not lie. And it should carry them a little bit better in terms of motivation in the offseason to not read their press clippings. Because if they blew out Florida and they blew out Oklahoma or they won comfortably, they might not take that lesson so seriously. I think that Mike Norvell has a ton of ammunition to say, guys, those are barely bowl eligible teams. And we're, we're in a dogfight into the fourth quarter. You're not as good as you think you are unless you work hard enough to get to the next place. It's easy. It's so easy, man. Just throw on the tape and tell them, look, here are the good teams you played last year. LSU, you won by a point on a blocked extra point. Congratulations. That's a good win. But it was a close game, obviously. So there you go. There's that one. Uh, Wake Forest, you got kind of dominated for much of that football game. I understand that late there's an opportunity if a certain DB can come down with an interception. That's all well and good. The terms were dictated by Wake Forest from Jump Street in that football game, and that was in our backyard. So you lost that game. You gave up a lot of points. The offense wasn't good in that game. So you've played two good teams. You have a one-point win, and you have a loss. You played on the road against NC State. You didn't turn out to be a real good team, uh, and you lost to that team despite knocking their starting quarterback out of the game. Not good. Not good. You lost to Clemson, who was easily gettable this year. As we saw, they had perhaps their best offensive performance of the season against you. Not good. You lost that game. That game was also at home. That's three. And then you played, we'll, we'll combine two teams to call them in total one good one, and that is Florida and Oklahoma. And you had to hold on to your butts in a home game against Florida, who has six losses. And that Oklahoma team had six as well, now seven, because you did get the win. So there's just no reason to to you know to, to walk in and expect that anybody is going to bow down or that they think of you as a dominant program. You're not there yet. You took a step forward to that end, but now's the time to go out and kick down the door and go ahead and prove it. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't know, somewhere between 12-0 and 0 and 8-4, and 4, right? You have the, the max and the, and the worst case. Would we say worst case scenario for Florida State? Unlike last year where I predicted best case scenario and I was wrong. But worst case scenario is 8-4 and four for Florida State. Would we agree the floor is 8-4? and four? Uh, Yeah, and that's if you lose a lot of players to injury. I, I don't think that they can go 8-4 and four if they have good injury luck next year. I just don't know if you could find four losses. You could find three. Four is going to be tough. With yeah, LSU. That ACC slate, it, 
Yes. LSU, yeah, Clemson, yeah. Florida would be three of them, and then you just have to fall to somebody on the road that, you know, maybe Pitt or something like that. Uh, maybe. And that would be losing every single game that's within the realm of close when it comes to talent disparity. Like, that would be really, really tough to do. It'd be a disappointing uh, season. It, it would be. Mm-hmm. Now, if you lose Jordan, again, we feel better about Tate, but if you lose Jordan, eight and four is, you know, in the realm of possibility. But the thing that I like about this group is if he doesn't get hurt and he's doing a much better job of avoiding contact and, and taking needless hits. But we learned last year when we thought that this offensive line was a little thin, just a little thin, well, they that they could injuries, absorb yeah. two major injuries and still win 10 games out of 13. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. It's it's a fascinating discussion about floors and ceilings. It's always fun to get into these. And I am kind of curious. I, I would think the vast majority of the fan base believes worst case scenario, injury riddled club, the whole deal is eight and four. Well, that's already a dramatic turnaround from a year ago. That, that is a lot different than our expectations were coming into last season. Best case scenario, I think most four state fans would tell you best case scenario is they go undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you win that opener, undefeated looks real juicy, like including the ACC championship, because. At that point, they'll have proven it to themselves again that they can go to another level. This LSU team is going to be far better than the one that they played last year. Yes, they so already were as beat, the year went on, yeah. Yeah, and if you can beat them in Orlando, I mean, it, it'll be, I still think, pretty close to 50-50 because that fan base will travel like crazy for that football game. If you can handle business against them, you're you're going to know what you're capable of. And then there's going to be that extra, I think, intimidation factor about when you arrive somewhere else or even when you go to Clemson. It's going to be a different feeling in the stands. They're going to go, oh, no, Florida State's arrived. They're back. That changes dynamics. For the last five or six years, anytime Clemson and Florida State lined up on the same field, it was, does Clemson care enough to blow us out? Last year may be the exception. Other than that, that's the way it's felt. Everybody wants us to engage in W's and L's, and I'm not going to do it today. First of all, that's too big a deal on the show for us to just willy-nilly, although we have willy-nilly in the past. We're not willy-nilly today, guys. Redemption Thursday. Let it have its own day, David. Now, secondly, I would tell you this. We can't really do W's and L until we know the order of the games and the times and the whole deal. Now, I know we know who we play. We play LSU, Southern Miss, Northern Alabama, Florida, Boston College, Clemson, Miami, Syracuse, Wake, Duke, Virginia Tech, and Pitt. Those are the teams we play next year, guaranteed. The order of those games, the times of those games, you know it and I know it. We all do. They all matter where they sit on the schedule after this game and this one's played after this one. And does it really require an awful lot of emotion for you to play these two back to back? Or is it likely that you're going to be able to, uh, you know, skip out on a tough road contest at night as opposed to a nooner, you know, all these things weigh into your decision-making when you're doing W's and L's guys. So we're not, we're not going to give you a little W's and L's for that ass today. No, sir. No, the first thing that happens when the schedule comes out and the ACC releases it the night of the 30th of this month, that's a Monday. So the first logical place we could do it is that Wednesday, February 1st. First thing I do, though, when I see that schedule, I take a look at what other college football games are being played where when we have our bye week. Mm -hmm, Then mm -hmm. I consider the W's and L's. I always want to see, ooh, when we're off, is anything cool happening that I can drive to or fly to? So that'll be the first exercise. But... I submit this. We'll talk about it in in closed council meetings for the JCS. But Wednesday, February 1st is the first show after the ACC releases their football schedule. How exciting is that, buddy? 
So the ACC will be releasing that football schedule in a very short period of time. Today is the 19th, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. It is the 19th. So here we go, buddy. I love, I'm such a sap. I'll be 90 if I make it that far and be giddy about the schedule release. And I wonder if anybody does this. If you're 90 and you're listening to me, first of all, good on you. Uh, You still got great taste. Secondly, if you are 90 and you're listening to me, do you get excited about future schedules? I'm just, I'm curious when that stops. When do you, like, these days schedules come out all the time, and I'm like, boy, that 2024 is going to be sweet. Can't wait for that 2028 matchup against Tulane, whatever it might be, right? But at what age did you reach where you went, I'm looking forward to next Saturday? Like, when did it, when did that happen? And I'm just kind of curious. You guys can hit me up in the chat. You can always uh, email, whatever it might be. Just curious when you start looking too far in the future. Like right now, I plan trips for my family all the time. You know, last year we went skiing in Montana. I told you all about that. It was a lot of fun. We had a good time. I've got some trips planned here coming up. Uh, one of them, Tom, is, is to New York. But anyhow, the point would be, as I'm uh, planning these things, sometimes I'm looking a year, two, even three years ahead with the family. I wonder when I stop doing that. I wonder, like, I get 74. I'm like, well... I want to plan something for when I'm 77. Don't know if I'll make it. If they interacted in the chat, that in of itself would be really impressive. That'd be a badass, right? Years. It, yes. And then the second thing I'd say is, yeah, the cutoff. What we want to know is the cutoff. Like, I would assume, even if you're 90-plus, uh, LSU in September is something that you are absolutely looking forward to. College football playoff, if we make it, is that too far? <laughs> is it next year's season opener? Like, where is that cutoff? Yeah, I want to know. I want to know. I think it's interesting. I'm getting old. I want to know when do you stop? When do you start thinking about, well, can we make it to Friday? I'm looking for a tasty cold beer on Friday. Can I make it to Friday? I really want that beer. Don't die on Wednesday. Let's get to that Friday and so we can sit back and have a good day. Why did we change frequency? I saw a note that said that send all typewritten letters, which is funny, <laughs> to 93.9 Studio. When, uh, when did we change yes, frequency? It's 93.3, everybody. Oh, they're used to angry stuff. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens, and uh, I I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. And I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way. If that's important to you, it is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. 
athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I I miss the... uh... The image of Jimbo racing around in the golf cart to Lemon. <laughs> that high-pitched Bono squeal right as he pulls up to the five-star that he wants to talk to. Only it's Jimbo making the sound. <laughs> Jeff Cameron Show Redemption Thursday. I should probably mention some of these games. Uh, yes, yes, I have uh, thrown out another uh, golf lineup. I don't like this week despite my expertise in this realm. They're playing three different damn golf courses. It's bizarre. It's a pro-am. It's hard to get a feel for uh, who's going to play well. I will tell you that one of the guys that always plays well well in pro-ams, and the reason for this is because he plays exceptionally slow anyhow, and and pro-ams tend to slow everything down. And so I would just tell you that – Jason Day tends to play pretty well in these things because he's the slowest player on earth, and he doesn't mind that it's taken up all damn day to, to finish a round. So they're, they're, they're little things like that It's kind of what you got to know. Dave, I agree. I look at the schedule, then check uh, hotel availability and all that other good stuff. Is my mic messed up again? Good God, man, all the time with this. We've got people concerned that my mic is over-modulated. I don't know. There's more than one guy in here. Tom, do I sound all right to you? Uh, you sound uh, luscious, just outstanding. Uh, I'm hoping that the siren that has been going on for the last oh, Can't hear five, it. six minutes is not. Okay, good. We got some new arrivals, apparently. Uh, so, you know, that's what that's what's happening in the background. It sounds a, a little bit, you know, blotchy, but it's not unlistenable by any stretch because it's you, buddy. Well, I can only do so much to save these fallible mics. You know, I try with these dulcet tones to do what I can, but the mic is the mic. Uh, by the way, if you're if you're really wondering, here's an example of why you can't possibly know who to pick here. Your leaderboard is Dean Burmeister, Peter Malinati, MJ Dalfo, and Aaron Baddeley. Code for these guys suck and have no chance to win the tournament. So there Aaron you go. Baddeley. Yeah, he's still playing golf. And he happens to be atop the leaderboard at the Amex. Hey, everybody, did welcome he, in. Did he take a break from square shoes commercials and, <laughs> and the chipping iron that I, you can actually use to both ways? It's like a lefty and a righty chipping iron. Do you think professional anybody's, but let's say in this case golfers, know that the time is up for them when Squares calls them? Like Squares is on the horn with your agent, and they're and they're, they're like – you know, they're they're looking at you as a prime candidate. Listen, we wanted to uh, talk to Brendan Todd about uh, squares. We were wondering if he would be in. Does Brendan Todd go, oh, well, come on, man. I won two tournaments three years ago. I'm not that far removed from mattering. 
So I think it would be phenomenal if the video game PGA 2K3, which offers you all kinds of contracts, mm. when you miss multiple cuts for the first time in your personal career, squares is what pops up <laughs> on your player's thing. And it says, squares Square. would like to have you push their shoes. Oh, I love Are it. you prepared to quit the game? <laughs> and then, yes. <laughs> Numbers stayed relatively stable overnight. Jags plus eight and a half. Giants plus seven and a half. That's the juiciest of the numbers for me. Bengals plus five. Interesting. Cowboys plus three and a half. Here's a fun game we're going to play. A friend of mine is in a big time pool. It is an elimination pool. He has made it to this point. You can pick. You have to pick two teams uh, to move on from the weekend uh, that is coming up, but you can't use them again. Ultimately, you have to figure out, you know, the importance now of winning this week as opposed to winning the whole contest. You're down to the nitty-gritty, and thousands of dollars are on the line. So this is fun. Is there a team you think you can take a risk on? It's against the spread. It's against the spread. It's not just winners. It's against the spread. So I'm going to ask you now to look at those games, and let's do this together, all right? Because I think it's fun. Jags Chiefs, Giants Chiefs. Eagles. You gonna, you're going to take the Chiefs? You can't use them again. Oh, no, no, that's not one of my two. I, I I thought we were going game by game. Forgive me. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, I'm gonna I'm giving you all the games, and I want you to pick two teams yep. to survive. Can't use them again next week. Cannot use them again next week. So it's it's tough here, but you're getting it out. Again, we're down to a few games. There aren't that many games left, and you've got to survive in order to win. But I think I would steer clear of the Eagles, don't you? Yeah, the Giants would be one of my picks. I could tell you without even looking at the spreads. Yeah. It's seven and a half. Because I wouldn't use them next week anyway. So that's why I would consider it a freebie. You like San Francisco to go to the Super Bowl? Um, You do? Yeah. Out of the NFC? Yeah, I do. The hard yeah. part here is who do you like out of the AFC to go to the Super Bowl? I mean, this is this is tough. Those three are a big three indeed. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, all three of those teams could win the Super Bowl. They could. Uh, Cincinnati's offensive line issues give me pause there. Buffalo's recent inconsistency give me pause with them. So by elimination, I think Kansas City is the team I'd pick. So you've got a rematch from whatever that was uh, a few Super Bowls back three, three years ago. Game that Kansas City was down for three and a half quarters, and San Francisco had nearly one. Um, ah, but I got to take two teams this weekend, so I think I'd take the Giants plus seven and a half because I wouldn't take them next week, and I do think they cover that number, and then I think I'd take – oh, man. I'm probably taking the – What's the mm, – I can't take them the next week. What am I going to do here? What's the, the question? The Bills number is what? Five. It's too much. Feels like Still, too much. If you're, take, if you're taking Kansas City, would you take Kansas City to come out of the AFC? I do feel like it's a toss-up. I really do. I, I, oh man, this is a fun game. See, this is a fun game. Can I bet that San Francisco can't win the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback? Right? Don't don't we think that at some point? That that kid's gonna cost you the the the, the whole kitten caboodle. 
Yeah, it, it feels pretty clearly like Philadelphia has to come back to form from earlier in the season in order for there to be a doubt about the AFC winning the Super Bowl this year. Like, If Philadelphia doesn't return to form, the AFC representative is the clear and obvious favorite to win the Super Bowl. By the way, this game is equally fun for non-betters. How about this? No lines. Just pick your two winners. Can't use them again. Can't use them again. No lines. Don't worry about the line. So if you, but but again, remember, if you pick them this week, you can't pick them next. Yeah, I'd stick with Buffalo because I, I don't think they're going to win the AFC Championship, and okay. I'd stick with the Giants. I'd rather play that than San Francisco. You like the, Isn't that you like the Giants to win straight up? I do. Yeah. What a fun time, man! This it speaks very highly. When I was playing the game in my head, it speaks very highly of uh, the playoffs that we have. And you talked about this the other day when we were talking, like just the matchups and how the NFL has got to be beside themselves happy with what they have. I mean, anytime Dallas moves into the second round of the playoffs, they're happy. But you have legendary teams. Kansas City is a legendary market, you know, been around for, since the dawn of football. Obviously, Buffalo is an incredible story. Passionate fans in the state of New York. Love the Bills. The Bills are a high-profile, fun team for people to embrace too. Just they're, they got they're a fun team. They got good players, interesting players, an interesting storyline. A really good coach. The Jags. The country's not thinking about the Jags, but could you have a bigger underdog going up against the Goliath than the Jags flying out to Kansas City to try to pull this upset? And why do I get a sense they're going to play well? I just do. I think they're going to play well. Probably because it wouldn't make any sense, but the playoffs often don't make any sense. You're just sitting around going, ah! Well, if they play good, uh, solid football in the first half of that game, and let's say it's a one-score game at the break, everybody's going to look around to their friends at halftime and go, well, they could do this. this they don't look like <laughs> crap. <laughs> it's a fun thing. I can't wait for these games. I'm giddy about these games. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Good to be with you. I don't often engage in the morning slash afternoon television debates, but I have an opinion on this. Doesn't it seem to you that the best possible landing spot for Tom Brady, since it's all in vogue to argue about this, doesn't it seem to you that the best possible landing spot for Tom Brady is San Francisco? Like where uh, people have talked about the Raiders? No. I go to the Raiders. Go to San Francisco. You have the best coach in football. You have a running game, an elite, if not the best tight end, second best tight end. You've got a loaded defense. You, you've got a running game. You like. You, you've got it made. Why would you not go to San Francisco? He's from California. If you've got one year to go try to win it all, put that guy in Kyle Shanahan's office. Kyle Shanahan's winning games and scoring points with bums at quarterback. Bums. The lot of them. Bums. You gave him Tom Brady with time? 
We just saw the man a year ago throw for over 5,000 yards. If he's protected and doesn't have to move around one year to win it all in San Fran, that seems obvious to me. Doesn't it seem obvious to you? Yeah, I, I mean, that would be the play if they're not interested in what they have with their young quarterbacks. If they like these young quarterbacks, if Purdy continues You're to play You're going to bet on Trey Lance at this point? I'm not. And Purdy, okay. Well, what they but what they could be betting on is the financial flexibility that a Kyle Shanahan-level adequate quarterback. Like, I know I can win with this guy, and if I don't go get Tom, then I've got two things. I've got a good football team for five years, not one, and I've also got an extra 10 to $15 million above and beyond to work with under the cap to go get us better elsewhere. I think this is a grand experiment with, uh, with Purdy, this particular playoff. If they like him, they can unload Lance for more assets, but I, I think he's getting an honest shot to be their quarterback moving forward, and it's Chapter 2 this weekend. If Shanahan wins the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, he should take his pants off at the ceremony. He should take his pants off and say, do you guys realize how much better I am than all of you? I just won the Super Bowl with this bum, Brock Purdy. He sucked in college. Watch Iowa State play. They were terrible. What in the hell? That is stunning if that happens. Now, I understand professional football is a different game, and the young man is playing well. I don't know him from Adam. I'm sure he's a wonderful kid. It's not personal. But come on, man. He's that pick for a reason. He's the last pick in the draft. Nobody thought he was any good because the tape said he wasn't any good. Well, but that's also their symmetry here between the guy that you would replace him with. I know. And perhaps what he could be. If Tom was never that guy until he was. And the thing I'd say, too, is we didn't think that Justin Herbert was worthy of a number one or first round pick, I should say, because of his, uh, his mediocrity to above average play at Oregon. But in as we found out over time, that's more about Willie and Mario than it was about Herbert. And maybe it's a Matt Campbell issue in retrospect. That go, could be. And now that is, Matt- yeah, that is fair. Matt Campbell is a boring as all hell, despite being lauded as some sort of genius. They're steady losing six games. He's like, oh, well, you know, I'm a genius. Uh, no, no, I, I, it could be a, a, a Matt Campbell issue. But I don't – if they lose – and one of the reasons they lose is that the quarterback doesn't make enough plays. And you've got this nucleus on defense, and you've got that running back, those receivers, and that tight end. With that offensive line, where all you're missing is a very high-level quarterback play, plus-level quarterback play. And, and Brady says, I mean, look, I'll come for next to no money, whatever, whatever the minimum is that I can make as a 47-year veteran. Whatever that is, I will take that and come out to California, come back to my home state to try to win a Super Bowl with San Francisco. If he said, And he probably would. He probably would, if he even wants to play. I think he wants to play. The other thing I'd say is I love that as a value bet on a Redemption Thursday because the futures are out for Tom Brady's next location, and it's the Bucks and the Raiders that are the two clear favorites. I don't know why he would but, go to the Raiders. But here's the thing. If you're going to bet the 49ers, which they're third on the list, not that far behind the Bucks and the Raiders. My, so is Miami? But, oh, Miami's not on that list at all? Uh, they're up there, but the 49ers are team three. And it goes Buccaneers, Raiders, and then 49ers. What you need as a San Francisco bettor, if you're going to take it at three and a half to one, is Dallas to win this weekend 30 to 17. And Purdy throws two picks yeah. because then you jump from third position yeah. to first position. 
I, I'm, if they lose and it's because the quarterback doesn't make enough plays and they have this window and he wants to play, I think it's a no-brainer. I do. I I don't know if they seek – now, not being in the building and not watching that guy every day at practice, it does make it harder. I mean, I don't know how he looks in practice, and I don't know how Trey Lance looks. I mean, what little we've seen of Trey Lance, you're like, eh. Trey Lance looks like a guy who hasn't played a lot of football, and that's an accurate statement, which means how long are we waiting on Trey Lance? Because every year we have to wait on that dude to get up to speed I lose another year of Kittle, another year of IU, all these studs that I have that aren't getting any younger, and we have a window, and I've got this genius coach. Here we go. Go get me Tom Brady. We're rolling. Yeah, I think if Brady had his pick of any destination, it would be going home and playing for San Francisco. But I think the Vegas thing just fits awfully well of San Francisco is, is a square peg in a round hole because you've got a desperate head coach who doesn't have time to groom a young quarterback and somebody that works seamlessly with Tom Brady, Devontae Adams, and they could go re-sign the running back, and you're off to a really good start. The only problem is you've got the AFC in that division. Yeah. So, you know, if Tom wants to go there because of the fit and the explosiveness of the offense, well, how the hell are you going to get to the Super Bowl out of that conference? The NFC should be the priority, but the best fit might, at the end, actually still be Las Vegas, and that's where he goes. So we'll see. Side note, and it's worth pointing this out, uh, Leftwich was fired today. And I'm not discounting the idea of Tom Brady coming back to Tampa if that offensive line is healthy. If you get your pro bowlers back on the offensive line and you can make sure that, that he's upright, they're actually going to be a good team next year. They couldn't block anybody this year, as duly noted. They couldn't block anybody. They were last in the league in rushing the football. He had the most pass attempts because of that stat. That is the opposite of what they were the year before. It is uh, the opposite of what they were two years prior to that. Uh, this this experiment has gone exceptionally well. That last loss obviously you know rings in everybody's mind right now. But the Bucks still have a lot of talent. Obviously, they just couldn't block. Yeah, if he comes back, Brady, I'm speaking of, then they're the favorite to win the South again. And if you're talking about if Brady's interested in path to a title. You want San Francisco, and then the next best fit is probably Tampa Bay. Yeah, it is with probably a, the next one because in the draft, you, you go get a, another, as I'm getting a Bluetooth. That's amazing how this technology works. But uh, yeah, you get another blocker in the draft. Yeah. You need another pass rusher in the draft. And if you can handle both of those things, you're in business. I think they can. I think they will. Uh, I think it, I mean, if he wants to come back, if they protect him, that's actually interesting. Uh, they didn't at all this year, and it was a nightmare. Let's not forget, and we will never know the answer to this. And I don't, you know, listen, I'm not one of the just because I'm a Bucks fan, and because the Bucks won the Super Bowl with him, I'm not the guy that sits around here praising Brady in a way that's irrational. I'm not a sycophant. I don't really care one way or the other. He annoys me in a lot of ways. But I do like winning football games, and it was great to win back-to-back division titles. It was great to win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, a lot of things that all these fan bases that like to rag on the Bucks are starving for that we possess continually. Uh, that's fine. But, I, I, you know, he wasn't great this year at times either. Now, what I don't know is how much did missing all those workouts and all those practices in the offseason all the way through camp – uh, going through an ugly divorce, having a minor shoulder issue, coupled with not being able to run the ball at all, is what 
led to those kinds of uneven performances. It seems, it stands to reason that all of those would have a huge impact on the season he had. Arm strength is not a question. Five years ago it was. It's not now. You saw the Manning cast, that throw to the far side of the field where he doesn't get his lower body into it to Evans on a laser. There, not many guys make that throw. So that's not the question. No, I'd say the question with him is it, he just misses a lot of open dudes and you don't and you don't understand how or why. And some of it is on the read. I just wonder, somebody will write a book about this if if they can get the access. To me, the thing I, I want to see and hear about is when we're going back to this particular training camp and then him taking all those days off during the season. What kind of work habits did they actually have in getting on sure. the same page? Because too often this year, they look like they hadn't practiced together at all, and that would have to change. Well, that's the, yes. Are we rededicated now that our divorce is in our rear view? And are the Bucks healthy up front? It's not just that. And, and this is the point, Life Spectator. I know you're talking about they need more. Remember, it wasn't one offensive lineman. They, they lost a Pro Bowl center, and for stretches they lost three starters along the offensive line in any given weekend. They were to their third and fourth string in a couple of games this year, guys that like you'd never heard of having to start. That's why it looked as bad as it did. Those weren't their guys. Now, you did have a guy just up and retire after a Pro Bowl season, and that'll hurt your feelings, but it did happen. Um, so I, I think if they can obviously sure that up, and it's a priority, and why would it not be if he comes back? Also, to answer this question, L. Michael, he can't move. Uh, Mitchell, he can't move. He's never been able to move. He couldn't move two years ago. They went 13-4, and four and he threw for 5,000 yards. They came within an overtime game of beating the Rams and going to the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that this is – they wanted prior to that. He couldn't move then. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you protect him. Well, and he was also deeply affected by the consistent pressure this year. I've never seen him flush and and look panicky as often as he did yeah, this yeah. particular season. Yeah, he absolutely was lost. He, he struggled. Uh, I think it all added up. I think the first half of the season, you can blame him for missing a ton of time and missing those practices. And, hey, look, I get it. You're prioritizing your personal life, your family, and all those things. But it has a direct impact on your work life. That's in any field. But that's especially true when timing is all important. And then the passing game in the NFL, timing is hugely important. You begin to lose offensive linemen, then you're not at practice to work with the dudes that are replacing those offensive linemen. And you get into a game, and all of a sudden it, it seems faster to you because you can't move, as pointed out, and you don't have – a rhythm with your guys, it's it's going to take, well, it's going to take time, and it wasn't time he was willing to put in. Yeah, and he, he had so many rest days during the season, and I, I don't know if that was because he dinged up his shoulder or for whatever reason, but any analyst who's who we respect as a former quarterback or offensive coach would say something very similar to, if not verbatim, he and Mike Evans just don't appear to be on the same page, and it's just like, how the hell is that possible? that Gronk can come out of retirement off the street, show up once he's in football shape, he and Brady know where each other are. Mm. How is it that Brady and Evans are not on the same damn page and everybody can see it? All the people that we respect is people who understand 20, all 22 film and football. I don't know if he comes back or not. I'm not holding my breath. I'm not going to lose sleep. If we need to move on, we need to move on. The experiment worked. It couldn't have worked any better. It all worked out just fine. I'll take that Super Bowl with me, and we'll watch the rebuild. This is what happens. You build up. You win a championship. Maybe you win more than one if you're lucky. 
Uh, very few franchises are fortunate enough to do what the, the, the obviously what he did with New England, uh, year in and year out being in contention. But, you know, most teams have these kinds of great runs, and then they fall off, and they have to build back up. So we shall see. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cambridge, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.